should the Hurt Business hold all of the gold in WWE? Should we or should we not see them break up soon? And what on earth do you do with them next? All that and more on this week's Wrestling With <sighs> One second. Hello? Is... Is anybody there? I don't know why I picked up the phone that day. The 30th of January, 2021. Was it greed? Was it desire to plug my podcast to any person who would listen? I don't know. I don't think I'll ever know. All I knew is, this could be another listener. Somebody who can give the brand new golden standard to the Wrestling With Fiction podcast world. So of course, I gave him the best pitch I could. Did you know that you can listen to the Wrestling With Fiction podcast on- What? You already know? Hook, line, and sinker I thought to myself on that day. Wherever you are, you could always find the Wrestling With Fiction podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. But I knew I was getting too selfish. Nobody wants to hear a plug about a podcast in the middle of a podcast talking about another podcast. They want the good hard facts. What is truly best for business? Like the Hurt Business. A team confined of the gold standards of WWE. Prime examples of almighty units built upon the powers of a Montel Vontaneous Porter. That's what I had to lead with next. Wherever they would follow, who would know? Would I know? Well, this week we're talking about... Wait a minute. The Royal Rumble's this Sunday! Oh my god, how can I forget such an important thing? Why did this have to happen to me? Why does this always Yes, world. I forgot about the Royal <laughs> Rumble. Mother On this week's episode of the Wrestling With Fiction Podcast, we'll be discussing, is it best for business? Is it none of my business? It's the Hurt Business! One of my thoughts on their current US and tag title run, how long do I think they'll last, and where on earth will they go next? So for now, tell your friends, tell your friendliest friends, tell them all about this new and exciting edition of the Wrestling With Fiction Podcast! Ladies, gentlemen, and lady gentlemen, my fictional friends, welcome to the Wrestling With Fiction Podcast, the podcast where I pitch to you storylines from the good to the bad, to the wacky or insane. My name's Connor, and yes, I did forget about the Royal Rumble. That that wasn't just a skit. I legit forgot the Royal Rumble was this Sunday. And ironically, I'm kind of glad that I forgot, because this is actually kind of perfect timing to talk about the people who we're talking about this week, the Hurt Business. Why are we talking about the Hurt Business and not an individual member of the group? Well... I kind of need some extra mileage for stuff, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I need to keep some people in the background for the future, because you never know. But you know what's even better about this? Is that by me accidentally forgetting that the Royal Rumble was about to happen, is that this is inadvertently the one year anniversary from where MVP magically returned. 
And nobody thought anything was going to happen after that. So yeah, w what a turnaround for MVP. Who who would have thunk it at the beginning of 2020 that MVP would have been one of WWE's best signings out of that year? Like he basically reinvented not only himself, but multiple people who were like stuck in mid-card to lower-card purgatory. I'm talking about Bobby Lashley, who was in that weird storyline with Lana. I'm talking about Shelton Benjamin, who I think most of us forgot he was on the WWE roster, which is a crime. And Cedric Alexander, who, sorry, I need to rephrase that, Prime Alexander, because this is easily the best Cedric Alexander has ever been since the Cruiserweight Classic, I, in my opinion. Legitimately, some of his best work has been, as of late, ever since winning the tag titles and this whole story with the Hurt Business. I, I can't help but want to talk about them this week. And where I think they can go, and I hope, if you get anything out of this podcast, is that some of these ideas may actually surprise you. But before we get to those, I need to tell you the basic plan of how this is going to happen. So we're going to need to go to, slowly becoming my new favourite segment of this podcast, the tagline. And in case you don't know what the tagline is, and this is your first time listening to the podcast, this is the segment of the show where I try and pitch to you, in about 30 words or less, what I plan to do with the wrestler, or in this case, faction, of the week. It kind of gives you my general outline of stuff. Think of it like a television summary that you see on Netflix. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I believe it's time to cue the music, future me. <laughs> First of all, I know that this is a faction, but we kind of need to focus on one perspective for this. Because, let's be honest, if we try and muddle it all into one big faction thing, we're not going to get a defined goal or purpose, because they all joined the Hurt Business and or founded it off of their own different reasons. MVP just kind of initially wanted to retire. Then we had Bobby Lashley, who was in that weird storyline with Lana. Shelton Benjamin, who was there. And then there was Cedric, who, in his own words, was constantly losing a lot and was getting tired of being beaten up. So, for the sake of brevity, and for the use of the fact that he founded the group, the perspective of this pitch is all going to be around MVP. A guy who, in many cases, is the founder of this group and the arguably the leader of it. So, for this, another prerequisite, we're going to take this in sort of WWE continuity. Which means that by their perspective, and in the WWE Universe idea, MVP hasn't been wrestling for about 10 years. So, it's going to affect how this sort of pitch goes. So, the way that I plan to pitch this is as follows. Returning after a decade of absence, a man looking to retire seeks the allegiance of several underutilized wrestlers in order to climb to new heights that he never could before. Now what does this do? First of all, it gives us a pretty good summary of why MVP is suddenly in this allegiance of things. Because, as discussed in several interviews, his whole reason that the Hurt Business exists was because he was initially going to be a backstage role. 
Secondly, you kind of fit in Cedric, Bobby Lashley, and Shelton Benjamin in this type of thing. They all want to have the same goal as MVP, which is to climb to new heights in this brand new business endeavor. And also, with it, you kind of get the narrative that we have right now of them kind of holding a lot of power in WWE. Uh, Lashley holding the US title. L not Lashley again. Shelton Benjamin <laughs> and Cedric Alexander holding the tag team titles. And MVP kind of being that mouthpiece. So, that's kind of how I plan to do this. If any of you have any other ideas of how you would do this in about 30 words or less, why not tell me on Twitter at Connor the Cooper, or tell me on Twitter, or tell me on Instagram, Jesus, at Wrestling With Fiction. I would love to hear your suggestions for this. It's a very weird topic that I think people can have fun with. So, without further ado, with the tagline done, I believe it's time that we get onto our very first pitch. And, of course, because this is a story about the Hurt Business, I should tell you that this story is going to give them a lot of money in the bank. I came to play, da da, it's the price to pay. I'm gonna plug Ms and Mrs every day. It's the Miz! <laughs> I can't believe I did that, but yeah, it's the Miz, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I know what you're thinking already. Heel versus heel? How does that work in WWE? Nobody does that in WWE. Yes, but it's my podcast, so I can talk about whatever I want. So, first of all, I don't want The Miz to have that Money in the Bank briefcase. <laughs> That's why this is happening. So, yes, Miz and Morrison still have the Money in the Bank briefcase at the time of this recording. And it's neat for him. It's nice that he has it again after 10 years. It was weird that Otis had it for a bit. But let's be honest with ourselves. Do we really believe that The Miz is going to be WWE Champion right now? And with the way that the Money in the Bank's kind of been, I I feel like he might be the first in history to fail at cashing in twice. And I don't want that for the Money in the Bank. The Money in the Bank briefcase has been about creating new stars. Making these new people get a great opportunity. It did it for Edge. It did it for Rob Van Dam. It did it for CM Punk, though he did become a main eventer later. And it done it for Seth Rollins. It solidified him in that main event scene. So, my pitch for this is that the Hurt Business take away the Money in the Bank briefcase. It doesn't matter who wins it. It could be Shelton, it could be Cedric. I would prefer Cedric because I feel like this whole thing with him going mad with power would be a great little touch that he has the Money in the Bank. And run with it. I, I think it would be a really cool visual. To have the Hurt Business have all of the titles and the Money in the Bank briefcase. Considering they're sort of a united unit. It's also because I kind of want MVP to hold something. Because it feels kind of neat for him to have this. Considering he reinvented this whole thing. And kind of be a united front with it. I think you can easily put the Money in the Bank briefcase on the line again. Because you've already done it with Otis. You've done it with Mr. Kennedy in the past. Which is how Edge won it. It's kind of a reasonable thing you can do. 
And just imagine the run that the Hurt Business can have. And what I suggest with it is that the minute that they win it, The Miz asks for a rematch for it. Because why on earth wouldn't you want your Money in the Bank briefcase back? It It's the thing that baffles me when people have lost the Money in the Bank briefcase. Why don't you chase after it? Like, for me... The Money in the Bank briefcase should be treated like a mid-card championship. Think, if any of you watched Lucha Underground, the the Gift of the Gods title, and how that was booked as being this thing where anyone can really hold it and then cash it in for a title opportunity. That is basically the Money in the Bank concept, but with a belt. So why not do it with the Money in the Bank briefcase? I think that's a really cool dynamic for something that's kind of become one of WWE's traditional things. And you know what? It freshens up the money in the bank. It kind of brings in a whole new crop of possibilities that you can do. Like, you can reignite the Retribution feud with it. You can still have them continually feud with The Miz. And have him sort of plant seeds in the head that Cedric doesn't need the Hurt business anymore. Maybe you can have some really cool promo battles between sort of The Miz and MVP. You know, go back to sort of 2007 or 8. Where... They were kind of feuding for the US title at that time, you know, and you you can have this thing where the Miz is saying that he is MVP is a quitter. You couldn't make it in the WWE. You could have been the world champion. You held the US title for a year and did nothing after that. Whereas I've stayed here and had to grind for everything I've earned. You didn't earn anything and have MVP retort after talking about this whole year that he's had. You know, talk about his history of being in prison, then coming out of it, and then discovering wrestling, and that being his whole life, and how the Hurt business is not just a business, it's a family. You know, really build up that thing, and I know that's kind of a babyface thing, but in a heel versus heel, you kind of need someone to be a little bit more sympathetic, and with the way that Miz and Morrison have been booked, it's kind of hard to put Miz or Morrison in that category. Plus, it adds a cool dimension to the Hurt business, how not only do they control pretty much all of the mid-card and tag division, they might be able to contain the main event scene as well. I think that's a really cool dynamic. Have them constantly just sort of, like, stalk people like Drew McIntyre and all these other things. Also have, like, other challenges to it. I don't know, I think the Money in the Bank concept would sound really interesting with the Hurt business. Plus, like, the fact that they're called a business and they have, like, a briefcase, it kind of writes itself. And I don't want just the green money in the bank briefcase. I'm talking back in, like, 2005, 2006, even up to 2008 when they had their own custom-made briefcases. I want that back. I want a custom Hurt Business briefcase. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, one that you can kind of buy on WWE Shop. Because, you know... That is some solid merchandise. And you know, WWE loves its merchandise. That That's kind of the basis of it. There isn't much depth because of the whole, like, Miz thing. Other than I think it would be really interesting to have him lose the briefcase and kind of make it like a mid-card championship. Because the mid-card title's already belonging to Bobby Lashley. It kind of puts more eyes on the Hurt business and sort of them as an important faction. And... You know, I think it can kind of elevate them up a bit to a more upper echelon faction in WWE. Maybe kind of 
a la evolution to a degree, because they have all of the pieces there for an evolution faction. You've got kind of MVP and Shelton in that kind of Ric Flair, Triple H role. You've got Bobby Lashley in that Batista position, and you've got Cedric as this sort of cocky Randy Orton type figure, you know, back when Evolution was a faction. I think you could do so much with that. I don't want to babble on this too much, but I hope that got the point across. So we may as well move on to the next one. And I should tell you right now, it's going to be one where the Hurt Business are going to be facing a Scottish psychopath. Yes, it is the buff, Scottish, Spartan man. That is Drew McIntyre. Kind of an odd choice, maybe, because I know what you're thinking. If this is going to be against Drew McIntyre, is he going to be the champion? Well, as of right now, I don't bloody know. But I'm assuming he is. And this is more about you know, adding longevity to the Hurt Business. Because I personally, I want to keep the Hurt Business as a faction for as long as possible. Because I love them as a group. And I feel like it's way too early to break them up. Because it feels like they're having Cedric go, like, super obsessive way too quickly. I kind of want the Hurt Business to be united for much longer. So, this is kind of my method for that. So... You might be wondering, why is it against Drew McIntyre? So, the best way I can put it is, I'm assuming Drew's going to win at the Royal Rumble. So yeah, this is a WWE title feud I kind of want. And I know what you're thinking. Connor, MVP can't win the world title. Uh, Bobby Lashley can't win the world title. There's no way Shelton Benjamin can win the world title. And Cedric Alexander... Prime Alexander can't win it? Why are they in a WWE title feud? Well, that's where I I think you can do something pretty fun with this. So, they can't win as individuals. But, I think they can win as a group. So, this is kind of something that I think you can do after WrestleMania. Because as of right now, I don't know who the hell Drew is going to face. But, as a post-Mania title program, I'm thinking you can do Drew McIntyre versus the entire Hurt Business. Yes, the entire Hurt Business. Because what has been MVP's goal? And what was the reason that he, that he had the group win the tag titles? Win the US title? If you guys remember back to the Survivor Series promo that MVP cut, in which he was promoting Bobby Lashley versus Sami Zayn. It was right before the Hurt Business's tag title match against the New Day. And he mentioned specifically how they want to win the tag titles so they can control most of Monday Night Raw and put SmackDown out of business. And for that I say, you want to put most of Raw in your control? Why on earth would you not want all of it? Because that kind of feels like something MVP would do. There's a great connection between him and Drew McIntyre. That is a year old now. Where he tried to have Drew McIntyre join him. When he's had the VIP lounge segment. He had 
Bobby Lashley sort of face Drew McIntyre saying like, you should have joined me, Drew. You should have joined me. And in addition to that, you have the history with Cedric where he inadvertently got a lucky roll-up pin to beat Drew McIntyre. Plus, you got the Shelton Benjamin history with Brock Lesnar, which was kind of a thing that Paul Heyman did for a match. You got a lot of very fun things with all four members having a good gripe against Drew McIntyre. There's a great little connection there. So, I think you can do, and maybe it's a little bit sketchy, so you wouldn't want to put it in the main event of a pay-per-view, a one-on-four handicap match for the WWE Championship. Drew McIntyre, who has all of these odds stacked against him because Drew is a very big, imposing guy who they've booked like a powerhouse throughout the entire year against the Hurt Business, a new rising faction that has yet to have the taste of main event gold. All of them, and for many of them, denied it. For several years, MVP could have easily been a potential world champion back in his 2007-2006 run. They were building him to be a big star. Bobby Lashley had that potential WWE title match against John Cena and was promised a feud with Brock Lesnar. Cedric Alexander, kind of an up-and-rising star, has pinned AJ Styles, a former WWE champion, on multiple occasions. And let's not forget Shelton Benjamin. A guy who, even with all these other things, has had several pinfall victories against Triple H in his reign of terror. That is a big thing. That is a huge thing. And he's part of one of the biggest, like, most iconic spots in Raw history, being hit by sweet chin music by Shawn Michaels. There is a lot of credibility that we have here. And this is why I think in this feud, you can trade the belts back and forth between the faction and Drew McIntyre. Yes, I said the faction. Because in this storyline idea, I pitch that you have the Hurt Business take the title away from Drew McIntyre. Now, I know that sounds crazy. That may sound a little bit stupid after everything I've just said. But it's an idea that I really wanted the New Day to run with initially. When it looked like they were going to go for the world title. And they stuck it with Kofi, which I think was the wise decision. But with the Hurt Business, they've been portrayed as this unstoppable unit when they are fully united as a group. How appropriate would it be, because their faction is, at the core of it, a business, that they hold the WWE Championship as a group? They call it the Hurt Business Policy, or the Hurt Business Rule, whatever one you prefer. And you know what they do? They have, and I know some people might groan at this, a Brock Lesnar-style run where they need to be paid additional money just to be at the shows because they now have control of everything on Raw. All of the major men's singles titles. The WWE title, the US title, the tag team titles. And if you want to keep the MVP thing with the money in the bank, then absolutely keep that there. Have them be all draped in gold with their black suits and their sort of like t-shirts. Have them all hold the belts up in unison, the pyro just bursting out in the Thunderdome. They all celebrate in the VIP lounge. And 
you have the peak of like Cedric Alexander sort of losing his mind. He's the WWE champion. He's not only getting wins, he's the WWE champion. He you can have this great inner conflict with the Hurt Business where they all believe they're WWE champion. You have MVP as the voice of reason saying they are all collectively the champion. Bobby Lashley kind of not caring because he's the powerhouse of the group. You have Shelton Benjamin also trying to like call off Cedric Alexander who's kind of costing them a bunch of matches. Having him arguably lose focus on the tag titles which is just as important. Raise all of the prestige. <laughs> And you just have Drew be this underdog trying to just get his belt back from people who arguably have stolen it. And he needs to be all of them to get the title. Because under what I think would be the Hurt Business rules, any of them can defend the WWE Championship. And not just anyone, multiple of them. I think that's a very fun dynamic that's not really been seen with the WWE Championship. And I know it's meant to be a singles title. It's meant to be that one person is on top. But how interesting would it be to have a faction all collectively hold it as a unit? And I think it does a lot for them to all kind of picture them in that main event status. There's a lot of fun that you can do with this. And I think it makes Drew look awesome because, well, he lost it to a faction... Not just a single individual who, in my opinion, makes it pretty damn believable based on how Drew McIntyre has been booked over the past year. It makes MVP look like a bloody genius, considering he conducted this within, what, over a year? Up to the point where I was thinking? Uh, it makes Shelton and Bobby Lashley kind of seem redeemed for all the stuff and saying they that the whole world sort of doubted them. It makes Cedric look like a potential rising star and even maybe a potential main eventer in the future. I think there's a lot of good you can do with this. And maybe I'm crazy. This is the one I'm easily most excited about. And I think it's the one where you can have the most fun with it with the Hurt Business running Monday Night Raw. Oh, God. Please. I, I'm 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 working myself into a shoot. <laughs> I'm working myself into a shoot. So I'm gonna move on from this. So if you like it, let me know. I don't know. We're gonna move on to the next thing. And for me, this is another kind of interesting possibility. Because at the end of the day, the hurt business is a business, and it's a new dawn, and of course it's a new day. <laughs> Y'all wanna go big? Then say that! Ho! I don't know what the hell I'm doing anymore. <laughs> it's Biggie! Yeah, a Smackdown guy. Because, remember how I said the Hurt Business is by proxy a business? We've seen that they've offered their services to Adam Pearce. Well, that doesn't mean that their services can't just be offered to Adam Pearce alone. I'm talking the Tribal Chief Roman Reigns. Because this is an idea where I'm suggesting that Biggie, I think, could win the Royal Rumble. I, I think it's safe to say there's, there's a likely chance that he could potentially win. Or, at the very least, he's number one contender for the Universal Championship. I think there's a possibility there, whether he wins or doesn't. And 
you know, Jey Uso might be out of commission for a bit based on events. You never know. And Biggie, off the services of Paul Heyman, demands that they hire some protection. Because when you look at the Hurt Business, they're a weird mix of, like, Evolution and the APA. Where you need to be hired to do stuff. Unless they're, like, going off to championships, there's a degree of them kind of needing to hire off their services. Like a mafia group, so to speak. So, the way I imagine this is that Roman Reigns hires the Hurt Business to beat up Big E on the road to WrestleMania. Week after week, you have the Hurt Business invade SmackDown. Adam Pearce furious because for some reason, this has stakes that random Raw guys are on SmackDown. Treat it like a big deal and build the conflict between Adam Pearce and Paul Heyman that they hired them for protection. Something that you did on several occasions against Retribution. So what's wrong with us doing it? Yes. And by doing that, well, you get some cool interbrand matches. You know, US Champion versus Intercontinental Champion. You know, it might break the Survivor Series gimmick, but you know what? It's a couple years old now. You may as well. You also get to see Big E with some new fresh opponents. Because at that point, you can do some stuff. You can also have the Hurt Business, like, interrupt a bunch of Big E's matches. Maybe even cost him the Intercontinental Championship. Against Sami Zayn, maybe? Because I kind of still think he should win it back at some point. That could be really fun with it. Additionally with it, you have the whole Big E sort of beef with them, potentially. Because they put his friends on the shelf. They put Kofi Kingston out for injury, technically. And Xavier Woods has just been constantly being beat up by them. And being up by Retribution. There's... A good connection with Big E there that you can play off of. It can make Big E look awesome if he does the, like, spear on the apron to Bobby Lashley. I think that would be really cool. You know, just get over Big E and illustrate sort of the Hurt Business as a threat throughout all of the brands. Make them feel really special. Like, the one thing that I really want the Hurt Business to get out of in all of these pitches is that you make them feel special. Because they don't feel like any other faction in WWE right now. They feel like this sort of solidified, confident group who could dominate the entire company. And I think that's what you could get away with by putting them also on SmackDown and having them feud with Big E. Have them be... Not necessarily the underlings, but hired goons of the tribal chief. Their extensions, so to speak, until their wages get too high. Like, if you want, at the ending of the feud, it could be that Paul Heyman demands more money from the Hurt Business. At least, no, he demands... The Hurt Business demands greater wages because of the amount of times they've had to face Big E. Like, it's an additional sort of, like, wage rise from week to week, and they can't pay it anymore. Because they've constantly been using them again and again. They're hired services. And they're not going to fully follow Roman Reigns. They're their own independent group. They'll go to the people with the most money. And maybe who buys it out is Adam Pearce. And that's how you get them on and off SmackDown. 
is being these hired goons for people with the highest bargains and prices. I think that's a fun little thing you can do with it. Plus, it can be a great way to sort of end the feud with Big E without having it last too long. Like, it doesn't have to go on until, like, after WrestleMania. It can be up to the build. You can have Big E get some incredible wins against former champions who were on the sort of cusp of being main event level stars. So it builds up Big E. It gives him more babyface credibility, having to take on these four elite level talents. And it builds to eventual thing with him against Roman Reigns. I think it works for both. It makes the Hurt Business a more special type of faction particularly in this type of era of WWE that we're currently in. It makes Big E look like a goddamn awesome dude. And yeah, I think that's a cool little thing you can do. So we're going to move on to my last one. And it's, it's the only one that really features a faction, ironically. And so I feel like it's best that in this feud we should... You know, be careful of the mat, because for this particular feud, the mat is always sacred. It's Ring Camp 2, Imperium's Boogaloo, it's Imperium! <laughs> Whatever one you want to call them, I'll, I'll be honest with you, there is not much thought into this one. Other than, I just want to see these teams wrestle. That's that's purely the point of this. I I just want to see Imperium on the main roster at this point. I know people are going to say, I'll oh, keep him in NXT. But, come on. NXT UK? They're, they're not really doing much there. Like, I, I want to see them on the big stage. Like, ah! Do, do that! Please! <laughs> I want to see, I want to see them have a clash with the Hurt Business, see who's the dominant faction. You know, I think that would be really cool, especially considering how brash the Hurt Business is in comparison to that sort of sacred sort of mat supremacy that Imperium kind of provides. That would be a cool dynamic. I think it would be a very cool showdown a la Imperium versus Undisputed Era, but sort of the main roster equivalent. Because I kind of see Undisputed Era kind of sticking as an NXT-focused faction. That's a whole other thing. Yeah, just, I want to see Imperium try and chop Bobby Lashley. I want to see Bobby Lashley try and hit the Hurt Lock in on Volta. And then maybe Fabian Eichner gets involved. And he has a little clash with Cedric Alexander. Go back to their Cruiserweight Classic days. But they never really had a match in there, you know? And then you've got... Then you've got Marcel Bartel, who I think is a super underrated worker in that group. So good. I love seeing Marcel Bartel. Him against... Um, I don't know. <laughs> Shelton Benjamin. That would be good. Shelton Benjamin can walk with anybody. Legitimately. I, I want to see Shelton Benjamin do a springboard a la... The spot that he took with Shawn Michaels. But instead of being hit with a sweet chin music, it's a Volta chop. And he just caves it in. <laughs> you know, I feel like there's a lot of fun, like, tag team style clashes you can have with them. Maybe have it at Survivor Series if they bring back NXT. Where it's the Hurt Business versus 
Imperium, WWE versus NXT, you got them all four, all four in a group, standing in a row, and staring. Because you know what? That always works when you have a crowd. <laughs> I want that. Give me that thing. And you know what? They build it around who is the dominant faction. Because you don't need much other story than that for this. Because the Hurt Business are doing what's best for business. They're not taking this match. Because, oh, this could be a thing about, you know, trying to get the titles. They have all the titles in their regard. They have all the most dominant gold. So this is about solidifying that they're the rightful champions. And that they deserve to be considered the greatest faction of all time. And I know that's a cheesy thing to do. It's a very cheesy thing. It's a cliche thing. But... You know, considering the in-ring work that you have now, and sort of the rise to prominence and surprise, I think you can argue that the Hurt Business is one of the most surprising success stories that we've ever had. And to some degree, a very successful faction. In addition to that, you have Imperium on the other side, who I think for a lot of people who don't watch NXT, likely have no idea who these guys are. The most impression that we have of Volta on the main roster is that random match they had with Seth Rollins and being eliminated from like that Survivor Series match in NXT versus Raw versus SmackDown, but Walter was the first NXT guy out. Just I want I want Walter to do more fun things. I think there's a lot of fun things you could do with him. Hell, if you wanna make it absolutely chaotic just making a hardcore match what why not why not it goes against everything that imperium stands for it goes for everything that sort of the hurt business has help maybe even make it multiple things you start out with your basic mat sort of successful match where you know imperium win because the mat is sacred they know everything about the mat but in a win by any means necessary, say, as I've already said, the hardcore match, they, the Hurt Business win. They successfully beat this team. Then what is your rubber match, you may ask? Three stages of hell. I'm talking singles match. Not singles match. I'm talking, you know, eight-man tag. Regular one. Then we go to hardcore, like in their first two matches. Then... We go to a War Games match. Because you know what? Why not add a War Games match? And they have the rights. They have their own pay-per-view for it. Nobody says that you can't do cross-brand. Like you can do Survivor Series. Then you conclude it all at War Games. Plus, that, that just sounds really fun. You know? And it gives the Hurt Business more exposure. It gives Imperium more exposure. It gives you kind of a dream match scenario against people who you never thought you really wanted. Like, just talking about it, I did not know I wanted to see Shelton Benjamin potentially do a springboard into a chop by Walter. I didn't know I wanted to see Fabian Meichner and Marcel Bartel versus Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. I did not even know I wanted to see MVP. <laughs> Versus Alexander Wolf, Alexander Wolf, who definitely fits into this group like a glove. I think that's a really fun thing. Ah, there's a lot of very fun scenarios with these teams. And plus, War Games is a great scenario where it's kind of sacred because of the tradition of War Games. You've also got the sort of 
win by any means necessary thing that the Hurt Business kind of implements within their faction about sort of keeping everything within the business and keeping everything as a win by any means necessary. And anyone who should join should be people who are losing drastically. <laughs> All of that stuff. I think that would be bloody flant, bloody flant, Jesus. <laughs> bloody fantastic. You can see how flustered I am with this. So that's kind of all the feuds that I'm thinking of right now. That was just kind of a whole schmoz that I can't believe I somehow built into an eight-man tag, into a hardcore match, into a war games match as an ending of a feud within the span of a Survivor Series 2 war games. I don't know, maybe that's a too long build for like a year, or maybe it's not long enough. You tell me. I'm just spitting out ideas. So, yeah, that's the final main pitch of this week, but stick around, because we've got one final segment before we close, and it's a good thing, because it's time for a little bit of Fantasy Fumble. If none of you know what the heckings, yes, I used the Luke Owen quote there, is Fantasy Fumble, it is basically... The segment where I give you my weirdest, wackiest storyline idea that I think would not really make sense within the first four pitches. So, yeah. Fantasy Fumble will begin in three, two, one. Fumble! Let the dumpster fire begin! So, I've already discussed the idea of maybe the Hurt Business going to SmackDown for a bit. Well, this idea runs in that kind of scenario. So, the Hurt Business are on SmackDown. They've been hired by someone to mysteriously go to SmackDown for their own purposes. So, they're searching around the entire SmackDown area, the entire SmackDown locker room. They ask Adam Pearce, it wasn't him. They ask, I almost said Dario Barano. It's not Dario Barano, it's Sonya Deville. Next, when that happens, they finally find the person that hired them. It was none other than Billy Kay. You see, Billy Kay wants to give her, them her CV to get on and join the Hurt Business because she knows that she is a former tag team champion and she can help anyone solidify their tag team run, whether it's in the Hurt Business or not. So, she passes over the CV, asks them to look over it, and they walk away. The weeks progress. Billy Kay interrupts them in the middle of their segments, asking if they've read her CV, and that if she's got the job in the Hurt Business. Because she knows that the Hurt Business is looking for every title in WWE. Not just singles, male titles, but maybe even a woman's title as well. So of course, it's week after week. Billy Kay trying to give them the CV, more CVs, all of the CVs, more redrafts, more 8x10s of Billy Kay being passed over the locker room. They're just trying to relax in the locker room. They're having matches and losing big matches because Billy Kay keeps on passing MVP and Bobby Lashley her own CV. So it gets to a point where they meet up with Billy Kay. They ask her, why do you keep on giving us your CV? And she just mainly answers, because I want to join the Hurt Business. I I heard that you have to be extremely formal, and you have to be persistent, so eventually you can get into a big business like your own. And of course, 
you know, at some point she looks for Kate and is like, Are you bloody joking me? I don't know. I can't do a good Australian accent. But that's what happens. We get all of that happening. We get more stuff where their tag titles of the Hurt Business are at risk. And inadvertently, Billy Kay helps. Billy Kay helps the Hurt Business retain the tag team title. Forget about the wild card rule. She's suddenly on Raw as well. All of that happens. We get more random stuff happening with it. And with it. I've just said with it a bunch. <laughs> you can tell. Of course, by the time this ends, it comes to the point where the Hurt Business must decide, are they gonna have Billy Kay, or are they gonna reject her? And of course, they say yes to Billy Kay. Billy Kay joins the Hurt Business, and she's thrilled, she's happy, and they tell her to go down to the SmackDown ring. On one condition, however, because Billy Kay did not read the fine print when she finally got a chance to join the Hurt Business. She has to be one of the newest members of the Hurt Business. A character known for fighting, for brutalizing opponents. None other than Shayna Baszler. It's Shayna Baszler versus Billy Kay. The winner joins the Hurt Business. So of course it's back and forth. The Hurt Business are at ringside, scouting the talent of Billy Kay and Shayna Baszler. Of course, her constantly offering CVs to tell them, I am fine here, you don't need to be part of this. Of course, Shayna Baszler has none of it. She kicks her down, she puts her in chokes, she puts her in a coquina clutch. Until finally, Billy Kay submits. Shayna Baszler joins the Hurt Business. And for the Hurt Business, they have a new member, a new potential champion. Billy Kay, CV has been broken and destroyed. So, yes, the ending is anticlimactic. It's incredibly chaotic. But at the end of the day, what is it really? What is it really that Billy Kay tried to give in a CV and it didn't work? Was it bad for business? Or really, was it, in the entire WWE Universe's opinion, what was best for business? Or should I say, the Hurt Business. I think I should have probably mentioned that Fantasy Fumble is also incredibly improvised. I don't think about that one at all. So, yeah, that's that's the last one. We've We've done it. We've done it. A day before the Royal Rumble. I am proud of myself. I'm not proud that I forgot about the Royal Rumble, but I did it. I'll take that. So, as always, thank you so much for listening to this. If this is your first time listening and you got this far, well done! <laughs> if not, well, thank you for at least listening to about 10 seconds. That's amazing of you. So, yeah. If you want to give me suggestions... You know, let me know on Twitter at Connor the Cooper, or let me know on Instagram at Wrestling with Fiction. I'm always open to random ideas. Like, if you've looked through some of the random stuff, I've already tried to book Santa as a wrestler. A at this point, it's just it's a series of wrestlers and sometimes what if scenarios. So, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed. I hope all of you have a lovely day. And remember, everyone, wrestling could always use just a little bit more fiction. See you all. Good night, everybody.